It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we move on to the next topic here, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at the Love the Star podcast. It is Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Boomer Jacks, specifically what Boomer Jacks has ready for you on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's great wing deals. On Tuesdays, it's half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But they have great deals for you the rest of the time, too. They got drink specials starting at $3. They have $15 buckets of beer. There are wall-to-wall TVs. Every sporting event you could ever imagine is on the televisions there when you go to Boomer Jacks. They have TVs in the bathroom. There's literally not a time where you will miss a moment of the action. Live music, like I said, wall-to-wall TVs, great drink specials, great food. It's just a fantastic atmosphere for whatever you're looking for, and it's why we're so excited to have them as our partner here at Love the Star. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, we are continuing our uh, series as we lead up to training camp, doing an inventory of the Cowboys roster. Uh, We've previously talked about the backfield, so we touched on the running backs and the quarterbacks. Today, we're going to look at the pass catchers. So this is receivers and tight ends for us to talk a little bit about here. Uh, Let's start things off with the tight end group. Currently on the roster, they have six tight ends. Uh, the Princeton Fant, Jake Ferguson, Seth Green, Peyton Hendershot, Sean McEwen, Luke Schoonmaker. I think we'll probably spend uh, a little bit less time here on the tight ends than the receivers. Because to me, Brian, the only question here with the tight ends is, are you carrying three or are you carrying four? If you're carrying four, McEwen's on. If you're carrying three, he's off. Otherwise, your, your solidified group here is Ferguson, Hendershot, and Schoonmaker. Just wonder, Bobby, because they talk about Princeton Fant as being this guy that maybe this might be the sleeper that we're that nobody's really talking about. We've got uh, you know with McEwen, we got him already on the team potentially. You mentioned if you're only going to carry three, then he would be off the team. Will a guy like that be able to show enough that he can maybe you know? I think we all know what McEwen is. I, yeah. I, I do, and I think you do, and I think anybody that's listening to our podcast today or in the future would know that as well. They kind of have an idea of what he is. So if Princeton Fant all of a sudden becomes a better player where you're like, damn, we can't put this guy on the street. You know, we've, we've got to keep this. You know, maybe it's the difference between carrying that third quarterback you know, or carrying an extra wide receiver if, in fact, if you got a guy that is, uh, you know, that is stepping up. I, it, there always happens that, that somebody uh, emerges out of the depth of a, of a position and then it's like, man, that guy's playing real with Dennis Houston. You know, we weren't talking about Dennis Houston at all, but what did Dennis Houston do? You know, you've said this a bunch. He knew where to line up. He knew where the routes to run. He, but he couldn't run out of sight. You know, yeah. that's the problem. He gets exposed once he has to play. But we'll see. This might be a group, the three or the four, It if they carry the fourth guy, it might be because that guy beat out McEwen. And, and then, you know, McEwen might be a guy that might not make him carry the fourth guy. Maybe it's somebody else other than McEwen that uh, – but. I, 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 Bobby, let me ask you this because you, mm-hmm. you, you cover this team really, really well. You live out there at, at the Star. 
when they really do like Hendershot. And yep. do they do they I mean, do they I know they love Ferguson, but are you hearing anything that they like Peyton Hendershot just as much as Ferguson? Yeah, I think that look, I think that when they picked Ferguson when they did in the fourth round, that was a draft where everybody felt like they needed to get a tight end. Yeah. Um, and they they were in danger of losing all the tight ends before their next pick. And so I don't know that Ferguson was anybody that they were really gung-ho about taking. I know we talked about this last time a little bit. Ferguson wasn't a guy that I think they were really gung-ho about taking. I think they've been you know, pleased with how he's performed at this point. But his pick was more about making sure they covered themselves and didn't lose every tight end that they liked. And so I think that that's what was going on there. Hendershot, there were some, uh, you know, whispers about maybe he was going to get drafted, but teams didn't love his interviews and some other things. And so because of that, uh, he ended out falling out. Um, So he was a guy that when you think about that, you know, Ferguson going in the fourth, that maybe they had graded more like a fifth and Hendershot falling out when it was more like a guy that teams maybe saw as a fifth, sixth round graded player. I do think that they're, they were graded pretty similarly. And I think that last year there were definitely traits that they liked about Hendershot more. I think they think he's definitely more of a vertical threat, a seam guy Um, where I think Ferguson benefits is a little bit of that Dalton Schultz factor that there there's less of a concern. I think for Dak Prescott in this passing game about, you know, Hendershot showed last year, there were some times where he'd have issues with the drops. And I I think they trust that Ferguson is going to be a more steady option for them. I think they want or what they hope is a little bit of that vertical ability with Hendershot and the reliability of Ferguson and things like that, that taking those traits and putting them together, I think they hope that's Schoonmaker. And I think they believe that he's got the traits to be able to do that a little bit. But I think they absolutely view Ferguson and Hendershot as very close to each other. I'll say this. I I, I know I'm championing Hendershot. I mean, excuse me, uh, uh, Schoonmaker a lot. I championed him on the draft show. I championed him on, you know, when he was selected. Um, I, I think the Michigan scheme didn't feature him as the type of pass catcher that he is capable of being. And Agreed. so I, I'm looking forward to when we get to camp, how he is being used and can we see him in some of those one-on-one opportunities, whether it's a linebacker, a safety, is he finding ways to separate, make plays? Because I know the kid can block. I, but I think, he's, I think he's one of those guys that might not come off the field early because I think he's a little bit underrated as a pass catcher. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And, and Brett Maxey, the area scout uh, for that pick, had told us when we were, uh, you know, talking with him on DallasCowboys.com on that second day of the draft is that, hey, when you're trying to project that out a little bit and you're projecting it from a guy who doesn't necessarily come from a school that asked him to do those things, um, you know, what are you looking for? And he says, well, yeah, you look for these clues on the tape or maybe there was an instance of this happening or maybe you look at some of the testing and and you combine these factors and together you put together the picture of I believe this guy can do this and that clearly uh, you know just from hearing what 
Brett Maxey had to say to us on DallasCowboys.com. That clearly is something they believe they gathered enough evidence to say he can do this. He can be this guy if we need him to. So that's a quick look at the tight ends there. A look at the receivers. I just uh, checked this out, Brian. I, I had to count it up, and uh, there are currently 13 receivers on the roster. There's going to be a bunch of them out there at uh, training camp in Oxnard. I'm going to go ahead and whittle us down to nine, Brian. Uh, that, that we're going to actually kick around here before we discuss which five or six make it. Uh, but CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert, I think they are on. They're on the roster. That's four. Right. And then you've got the guys who I think are a little bit more bubble-like, and that would probably be Simi Fajoko and Cavante Turpin. And then you've got the dark horse candidates just on the outside, and those remaining three to me would be Jalen Brooks, the seventh-round pick, Dennis Houston, and then uh, the guy that I think deserves some some close attention in terms of the undrafted receiver this year. There's always an undrafted receiver making noise, and that's Jalen Moreno-Cropper. Um, and that's one of the guys that I think should be considered here in the dark horse area. But, Brian, when you look at some of these changes with the, the West Coast, we were already talking about how difficult it's going to be to whittle down the running back room. Are you going to carry a fullback? What if they're, they carry four tight ends? They love having offensive line depth. Is this going to be a team that can carry more than five receivers? Can they carry six, do you think? I think that they would like to carry six, but I don't think they can do it. They're a team that loves to, as you mentioned, Bobby, they love to carry uh, that extra guy. They did it with Dennis Houston last year. and But if you ask somebody over there today about Dennis Houston, it's like, you know, we fell in love with him. We fell in love with McCamp. We fell in love with him because of all the things I said earlier. He lines up well. He He's in the right spot. He doesn't make mistakes and all those things. You know, I think that I think Dennis Houston, I, I think they know what they have in that particular player. That somebody is really going to have to step up and have the type of camp, you know, and, and I think a lot of it has to do too with Simi Fajoko. Can yeah. you know can can Simi Fajoko become the new Noah Brown? That's where I think that they want Simi Fajoko to be. I think I think they're looking for the next Noah Brown or next Cedric Wilson, somebody like that. That uh, you know, you named off the four guys. We'll see what happens at five or six. I don't think their roster is going to allow them to carry more than five wide receivers. Now, and that maybe that six one is one that they just can't part with. But it, it's going to have to be somebody's going to have to think show up big because I think there's some other areas that they're going to probably want to go a little long at, and I don't know if wide receiver is one of them. Yeah, I think the the dark horse guys we mentioned, Jalen Moreno, Cropper, Jalen Brooks, Dennis Houston, those are probably practice squad guys. But Brooks but might be Brooks might be the special teams guy. See, well, that's where I was talking with some scouts about Brooks, and I I asked the question because I asked about Tolbert. I said is is everything about this last draft making sure that Tolbert has a full opportunity? And they said, absolutely. You know, Brooks was Brooks got length. Brooks is toughness. Brooks has the ability to go get the ball across the middle. Brooks can play special teams. You know, yep. what if he shows up in, in training camp as being that guy that, wow, we can't part with this guy. He's making, you know, in the, the second half of preseason game two, he's made two tackles already. And, oh, wow, by the way, he's caught four passes already. And, you know, maybe maybe that's something that uh, that they can't part with. 
But it was, in talking to folks over there, they were adamant about Tolbert. And they believe what we've talked about earlier, Bobby, that the fact that Tolbert was not part of the OTAs and minicamps and then they threw him into that deep end of the pool and he really couldn't swim, Yeah, that was that was something that they were very much, they, they realized that that the, the times he missed the OTAs and the minicamp practices, that that put him clearly behind. Now, when you look at the, the – the, we both believe it sounds like that it's probably going to end up with five receivers. I think if they keep six, um, it's – like you said, they can't let somebody go. Like maybe Deuce Vaughn doesn't show them enough in the return game. And so right. they, like they have to keep Turpin. Yeah. Um, something like that. But if they do end up keeping just five and we're handicapping this thing – do we feel like Fajoko is the odds-on favorite to be that number five? I just think Fajoko has the experience, but now you're running into they understand what Fajoko is. You know, they understand they're like, you know, I keep talking about this. You watch him play against UCLA when he was at Stanford. You're like, you would have drafted I mean, he, he was incredible. You would have drafted him a lot higher than what he went. But they need him to stay healthy, and they need him to show he's got capable hands. He's a good route runner. He's tough. He's going to have to show it on special teams because yeah. everybody that you named ahead of them, ahead of him, who's the real special teams player out of that group? They got no. They got none of those wide receivers can give you anything on special teams. Oh, that's part of why Tolbert couldn't get on the field. That's exactly right. So, will, you know, will Tolbert be that guy? I mean, I think they're going to. I don't think they want to put Tolbert on special teams unless they get him exactly like he needs to go on at wide receiver. I think they want him to like, okay, develop as a wide receiver, and then we'll work on everything else. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast, the Love of the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.